So it's a chilly winter morning. That sounds more like Canberra. Yeah, well, it's uh, middle of July, kind of. It's actually the, it's the end of July. It would have been really chilly. Getting into August, yeah. where the, the wind is coming off the snowy hills and yep. it's quite cold. And Asia was all excited because a new book was coming out and we were in it. <laughs> Great. It was a book called Spy Catcher oh. by Peter Wright, who was an ex-MI5 counter-intelligence specialist. Right. It was a very controversial book. It had mm-hmm. been banned in the UK, but it had been published in Australia thanks to the work of a firebrand 32-year-old lawyer that no one had ever heard of called Malcolm Turnbull. Oh. Yeah, Malcolm Turnbull was involved. And he managed to get it published in Australia because the Hawke government and the British government didn't want it revealed. Because it was revealing secrets oh. about MI5. Secrets. And secrets about ASIO. Secrets. It had a secret in it about ASIO having a mole in it. Now, when we read that, we all just said, ha, 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 well, come on, us. Turns out that it was probably true. Wow. Let's talk about it. I can't wait. You're listening to I Spy, the incompetent mole of Australian intelligence. I've got this big package of intelligence. I'm just going to chuck it out in the street. If anyone wants it, you want more, I want a thousand dollars. But we know who you are. Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. I mean, hopefully by now you know who we are yes. and what we do. I am not a Russian mole. No. What? Are you? No, well, I'm not totally. You look kind of Russian. No, that's right. I always speak like this and yeah. I like my goulash and... No, goulash is not Russian. <laughs> borscht, borscht. And, borscht and vodka. Yes. Lots of vodka. So, look, ASIO probably had a mole in it, maybe more than one. Wow. Yeah. Like, well, and what do you mean by mole? Right. A mole is a penetration agent. All right. So this is somebody that works in the organisation yep. that is feeding information to a foreign intelligence service. Oh. Really bad. Yeah. It's really, really bad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quite shocked because I didn't know much about this. You know, I, there was one case of a mole in ASIO that was quite public, a uh, yep. gentleman by the name of George Sadil. George Sadil was a Russian translator who was prosecuted for removing classified intelligence from the building. Mm. George had been in contact with a Russian diplomat by the name of, um, not important, Tatarinov. It really wasn't important. No, it wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> he was in po- he was in contact with this guy they'd met at yeah. the Russian Orthodox Church, and then George suddenly had a clothing that he could slip information inside the lining yeah. and walk out of the building. See, one of the ways you stop people from smuggling stuff out of the building is you have things called a random bag search. Yeah, which that, you had, which I got a lot. Yeah, because uh, the guards hated me, and because you carried a bum bag. I had a well. Let's check out that bum bag. He could carry anything. Yeah. So anyway, he was he was raided by the AFP. They mm. found out because. Here's the thing. The AFP actually put cameras over this guy's desk in the ASIO building because mm. oh, the, this, this is huge. This is a lot bigger. But, you know, somebody contacted me via the Twitter feed at Spy Podcast yeah. and asked a question about why why aren't, aren't we arresting spies? And I went, that's a good question. We're going to do a mini ep and we are going to do a mini ep okay, about that. Great. Uh, not today. But okay. what happened was I started reading about moles in ASIO and I suddenly went, oh, my God, I think I might have worked with one of these guys. Right. I think he might have been my supervisor at one point in the building. So this was from the book? Well, no. No, 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 no. This is actually from multiple sources that I've been looking at that actually ASIO, back when I worked there, may have been one of the most compromised intelligence organisations on the planet. Yeah, but to be fair, there was probably nothing to compromise, wasn't there? Oh, no, 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 no. That's a very, very big assumption to make and quite incorrect. Because don't forget, ASIO would talk to other intelligence organisations. I know, but I also kind of have this, and maybe it's just you, but I have this vibe about ASIO that they're a little bit like, you know, 
bloke next door, Ned Flanders kind of vibe. That is not their job. That is seriously not ASIO's job. And ASIO should have had a much better reputation. But it turns out that we were probably heavily compromised. Wow. Because we had... um, there were defectors. Was it, the, was it the laissez-faire attitude, maybe? No, it wasn't. There were defectors that were coming out of Russia going, uh, yeah, guys, by the way, don't trust ASIO because we're all really? over. Yes, really. To the point where this is a great quote. They yeah. talk about one of the moles they had. He had good access. Everything on about Australia, the US, mutual cooperation, political plans, agents in the Soviet embassy, Shit. surveillance squads. I mean everything. That's everything. There might have been more than one person behind him because of the wide range of his access. We were aware of practically all steps taken or planned by ASIO against Soviet targets in Australia. That was a guy by the name of Oleg Kalugin, who was a uh, major general in... The KGB. So could they? Could he prove it, or we just take? Why? Why would he reveal this information? Well, he's a defector, and when you're a defector, right. you will you be telling give, your new people. Right, okay. Look, by the way, and just so thing, you know, can we prove it? Yes. Right. There is actually a report called the Cook Report, which yep. has never been released, that pretty much probably exposes the whole thing. Yeah. And this is where I was utterly shocked. Right. I was really shocked because I thought. I thought we were really good at this. Yeah. But it turns out that the CIA and the British Secret Services started turning off the tap for intelligence in Australia. And it was people in ASIO started noticing they couldn't get access to stuff they used to be able to. And then it was uh, an attorney general in the Labor government, in Hawke Labor government, who actually turned around and went, yeah, we kind of noticed that as well. Now, there's no mention of moles in other departments in the country, but- ASIO's was – this is a really fascinating little story because mm. according to Kalugan and uh, Gordioski, who was another defector, a mole literally threw a cache of intelligence, like a package of intelligence, mm. over the fence into the Soviet embassy to say, this is what I've got. If you want any more, you got to pay for it. Like an ASIO? An ASIO guy. Oh, wow. There's more from that where it comes from. And he said, just pay me through the po- – I'll just send it to your post office box because ASIO aren't checking your post office box. They never read your mail, which was like, hang oh on a minute. God. What the hell? Right? And then it, the KGB actually finally convinced him that, look, we'd rather not do it this way. Yeah. We will set up a dead letter – dead drop or a dead yep. letterbox, right? So that's just a little nook or a cranny somewhere you can put it in a public place where yep. we can come and pick it up and we'll put your money in another dead drop and you can pick it up from there. Right. This was meant to have been going on for 15 years. Shit. Yeah. He was, was the only ASIO officer who had shares and – and condos. Well, and here's the thing. Cars. Yeah, exactly. But he, yeah, he was yeah, for some reason he came to work in a helicopter. Yeah. I none of us knew what. Uh, he had a Rolex. I don't get put it, it this way. He would have been extremely cautious if he survived for 15 years. 15 with, years is insane. Yeah, it is. It's kind of crazy. But I mean, having done the research because this has literally come from someone going, "Why don't we arrest spies?" I've now delved into this internet so, rabbit hole. So, did they work out who this person was? Well, chances are they did. But chances are they used the George Sadil case to go, we caught him, it's okay, it's fine. Mm. And they just basically shuffled him out the door. Without, like, reprimanding him. Probably gave him a payout to go away. What? Yeah, right. Here's the Because re- they're more embarrassed that it happened for 15 Boom. years. Boom, now you're on the money. Yeah. Because 
by this point, we knew we were penetrated. ASIO, yeah. well, we didn't. ASIO did. ASIO knew they had a massive problem because nothing they did against the Soviets worked. Yeah. There was meant to be one operation where they were going to catch this guy mm. meeting an agent. They were going to not only get the KGB guy, they were going to get his agent. Yep. And then for some reason, it was all planned. It was ready to go. Surveillance was in place. It's all happening. And the next thing, he's just flying back to Moscow. The KGB guy's gone to Moscow. He's It's over. Right. right. Now, interestingly enough, there was uh, one the, a KGB officer who uh, Asia would actually turn around to Gough Whitlam at one point and said, look, one of your private secretaries is in contact with this guy we know to be the KGB. Right. Oh, no, the, or was it? Yeah, KGB. And Whitlam actually turned around and said, he, he's a diplomat. And this is the thing. Spies often travel as diplomats. He's a diplomat. What's the problem? Well, interestingly enough, this same diplomat, when he went back to Russia, he is reportedly to have been given a medal for the mole he had in ASIO. Wait, sorry, run that. Uh, like, I, I don't follow. What? If you're a KGB officer and you recruit a really good source, yeah. they're going to reward you for your work. Okay. And that reward is likely to be in the sphere of a medal. Right. They rewarded this guy for the great work they did putting this mole into ASIO. Right. Here's the weird thing. He had incredible access, right? Mm. Incredible access. The, the material he was meant to be supplying to the Soviets was meant to be So they red put hot. this person in, they didn't flip this person. He volunteered. Right. He's called a walk-in. Right, It's called oh. a walk-in. If you're working for an intelligence organisation or a defence organisation or if you're a member of the government, you go, bugger it. I don't so want- this is the guy who threw the thing? What? Right. Threw it over. Okay. That was the recruiting. Now, here's the interesting thing. The KGB never attempted to identify the man. Never. Because, as they said, we know that there are moles in our organisation, you know, from our side, you know, from yeah. the Australian side in our organisation. So we don't, we don't want them to find out. So we don't want to know yeah, who yeah, you yeah. are that way- we can't reveal it to any moles yes. in our system. Sounds, right. So it's really fair. like this is uber level. This is top shelf levels espionage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm literally sitting here going. And it all happened in Canberra. Canberra. Crazy. There's a couple of things that people sort of re- believe were the reasons why this happened. One was ASIO had a real problem with its management in the Director General. Yep. They never put an ASIO guy. There has never an, been an ASIO Director General from ASIO. Right. They're always brought in from outside. And some of them are good and some of them are not. Yes. Like when Brigadier Spry took over ASIO, he turned around and he, I think he had 150 staff at that point. He turned around and he said, I'd keep four of them and sack the rest. I don't like any of them. So he was very, very out open mm. in saying, I don't like the people I'm working with. I want new people. There was another director general who was there when I was there who basically was described as Pol Pot. Um, oh, my God. And it was like the killing fields. <laughs> yeah. But well, put it this way, when they were moving the – head office from Melbourne to Canberra, yeah. anybody from Melbourne that was working in Canberra was getting paid allowances to be there. You know, you're living away from home. And this guy just turned around and went, no more of that, don't get any more money. And all of these people went, hang on, we, we're living away from home. You're, you're public servants, no one cares. And to it's be like, fair, like they should just move. <laughs> yes, but while that transition's going on, you had people that had grudges, that were angry, that wanted recompense. Yeah. And suddenly there's one guy and- who's gone, hang on. Fuck you, I am going to go to Russia. <laughs> no, he just walked to the Russian embassy and flipped a package over the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it's Russia in Canberra. Russia in Canberra. Yeah. We go back to George Sedil. One thing that George Sedil turned around and said when he was found, right, the AFP raided his house and they found intelligence material everywhere. Yeah. Right, all of this classified material, to which he went, oh, well, you know, I've got a bone up at home, right, which is like, 
um, not yeah. really, no. And then he said, but everyone does it. And in fact, a witness from ASIO at his trial said, it's okay, everyone does it. In my experience, no, everyone doesn't do it. We yeah. don't take classified material at home because it's classified. We yeah. don't do that. One of the interesting things they found, because he said, no, I needed all of this material because I'm studying the new structure of the organisation. And then they found a phone book, an internal phone directory from 1973. Mm. Now, you might think, so what? Yeah, I'm thinking it right now. Okay, so what? What's in that book? Surnames and yep. initials. They're in that book. So I've already got the surname of everyone working at this at that office. Right. Right. And now I've got next to that name is a designation. So now I know what name matches. You start figuring out how the organization is literally structured. Okay. So that's bad. You don't want that lying around. Okay. Now he went to trial, he was prosecuted, there was no sentence passed, and in fact I think it wound up it was all tossed out of court. Right. Right. A couple of things were wrong with George. One, the mole that the defectors kept talking about had a wife in ASIO as well. Mm. George didn't have a wife in ASIO. He had a sister who was also a translator, but no, that wasn't right. Two- George was not wealthy, but he didn't have any hidden bank accounts. He, as as they put it, he did not fit the profile. Right. But there was a Russian KGB, again, identified KGB officer. And this is the other thing is you start seeing these Russian names mm. and you realise how many of them were the KGB. There were a lot. Right. right? One of them travelled to Melbourne and then performed counter-surveillance activities all the way out to a shopping centre in Melbourne where George Sedil's brother just happened to have a real estate office and he went into the gentleman's outfitters just next door to George's brother's real estate agency. And essentially, basically, it was like the Russians had gone, hang on, this can be our smokescreen. If they're busy watching George, our guy's able to function correctly and keep going. Right. Let's jump to how, how I'm involved with this. Um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not the mole. Oh damn! Yeah, oh, I sorry. thought I'd won. Yeah, that was a, that Ferrari <laughs> I drove up in as a yeah, loner. I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Do I look like I'm smart enough to do this? No, I, I yeah, I barely understand how you made your way through ASIO. <laughs> I think ASIO feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. At one point, now this is way back when I was working just in the registry. Suddenly, this guy appears in the registry and he becomes my supervisor. Well, not my direct. He was he was the supervisor to my supervisor. Right. Right. He was a really sketchy guy, spooky. He was really, really spooky. Really? Very, would just appear? Yeah, but literally, <laughs> man. He would. He just showed up. He had this little like corner office. Silent shoes. He never seemed to do anything, but he was like one of our top intelligence officers. <laughs> and then he's booted down to the registry. Oh. Right? And it was like, whoa, 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 what's what going on? What happened here? And then he had a, 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 a file trolley. Full of files that he'd use cloth tape to tape to the like to keep on there and rest, so no one could get to them. Mm. And it was weird. He'd like in the morning he'd show up and he'd pull that trolley and he'd put it in his office. And we just our first reaction was this guy's really strange. Yeah. But then it started getting sketchier and sketchier and sketchier until it got. Didn't to Didn't anyone report this kind of sketchy behaviour? Well, hang on. Remember, we are just lowly file goblins, right? We're just the right. little the little. We're basically shoveling coal mm. into the, the steam engine. This guy had come from the upper echelons of intel- counterintelligence mm. and now is working with the coal shovelers. Yeah, oh, yeah, someone knew. That's why he was there. He, yeah. if, if that was why, if, if he was what I think he was, that was why he was there. Right. He had literally been pulled out 
of but any access. But didn't he still have access no. to- no. no, 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 no. Because you have multiple levels of registries. Right. The general registry is like, you know, whatever. Yeah, we, so they just kind of put you out to pasture. Well, they put him out to pasture probably while they investigated. But it also turned out that he wasn't probably the only one. At one point, one report came in where they went, okay, we've narrowed it down to 20 people. Narrowed 20, it down. Narrowed it down. <laughs> that, if that's your narrow margin, yeah, yeah. If then your margin, we have a fucking problem. <laughs> we have a huge fucking problem, all right? And I'm yeah. not one to swear often. No. Um, so, right, there is this incredible thing going on. Now, ASIO, of course, conducted on Operation Find Out. And Operation, and I can tell you its name, it was Jabiru. 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 That was the name of the operation. Yeah, that's pretty much they had Jabiru running until they got to the point where we went, we literally can't do this anymore. They handed it over to the AFP and mm. the AFP had an operation called Operation Liver. Okay. Right? Now, Operation Liver, there is evidence that they did film George Sedil's desk. Right. There is also the possibility that they had cameras in multiple locations around the building, including open areas, tea rooms, and bathrooms, which is oh. – and I've just suddenly – when I read that, I literally sat there and went, what did I do? I don't like, – What I did don't I do even, in the bathroom? I don't even want to know what you did in the yeah, bathroom. Can we, can, we just, can we just gloss over this second? Well, I, I just like the fact that there's probably multiple footage of me in multiple places going, I don't understand why she won't talk to me. I'm a really nice guy. <laughs> Okay, if that's what you're worried about what and, you're doing in the bathroom, or, I think we, we really have to reassess I just attitude. had a great audition, guys. I think I'm going to get the part. I mean, <laughs> AFP would have gone, he's not the one. No, right? definitely So not anyway, one. this guy, but there was one day where mm. my direct boss turned around to me and went, I'm sick of this. I'm going to find out what's on that bloody trolley. Yeah. Because the guy had rung to go, I'm not coming in today. I'm not yep. feeling well. I'm not coming in. So, you know, my mate turned around and went, I'm going to go and have a look at what's on that bloody trolley. There's something that's super seriously sketchy going on. And literally as he stood up from the desk, his outside line rang, his telephone rang, and he picked it up and it was the guy going, by the way, don't look at my files. And it's just like we both sat there going, what, what? the hell yeah. is going on? Creepy. I left that area and I left all of that behind. The last I heard of him, I can remember – he, I, I walked into his office for some reason. I don't know why. I think I was looking for something. Probably an excuse not to do any work. And I, he's got <laughs> sitting there with the biggest shit-eating grin you've ever seen. And I went, oh, you seem really happy. He went, I'm out of here. And I went, oh, really? He went, yeah, they've given me a pot of gold. Oh, my God. And I've just like gone. All right. Cool. <laughs> Close door, walk away backwards and disappear yeah. into a bush. But this guy was seriously... He was very manipulative. So you reckon that that was him? Uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, but here's the thing. If that was him, he wasn't the only goddamn one in there. Oh, my god! Now, this is what happened after I left because they waited till I was gone. Wait till the guy who's got the emotional problems and had the great audition. Wait till he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wait, till, wait till Frosty's left because, yeah. you know, you know so, and then we can take all the stuff out of the tea room because we've literally got a soap opera here. Basically what happened was – the AFP went, we're going to start interviewing people. Wow. And what was interesting was they were interviewing not just randoms, they were interviewing the upper management of ASIO. Wow. And a lot of them turned around and went, no, not an interview, guys. This is what we call an interrogation. We know we do it. They went through ASIO like crazy. Really? Oh, they went, cr they went really, really hard. And the weird thing about it was ASIO literally in that period, and it's been the period pretty much since sort of like the mid-90s, 
post-Olympics yep. and once the war on terror started, ASIO had a terrible reputation internationally. Right. George Sedil, one of the last things he said at his trial, when it was all said and done, he turned around and he said, ASIO's a joke and the world knows it. Oh, my right. gosh. And it's just literally, it's like, holy crap. So then ASIO's really got to do some backpedalling in order to like make themselves look a bit better in the eyes of international... I don't think that's the case anymore. Right. Right. Now, ASIO- So, it, when, when, what's the time frame we're talking here? We're talking probably, well, put it this way, there was a woman by the name of Molly Sasson, who mm. she's actually, she was an ASIO officer and she actually came out and said, the place has been riddled with Soviet agents since, God, Petrov. Yeah. Right? It was riddled. There was always some, they always had information. Literally, ASIO could never catch a trick with the Soviets. Right. Right. And her big thing is, we know there's someone in here, but there's all this backpedaling and there's, and every time a new DG comes in, he goes, well, I'm going to clean up the place and I'm going to change the name of all the departments in the building. And that's it. it that's it's, such it's, a Canberra thing to do. Yeah. It's that, that <laughs> whole thing of it became a bureaucracy. It got caught up in its own bureaucracy. Yeah. Because as much as this one DG turned around with, they're all just public service, servants and no one cares. Is, they're not public servants. Yeah, let's put it this way: half the building are functions, right? We're yeah. just you're just there to serve the intelligence gathering and counterintelligence work of that organisation. But the guys who are actually on the ground, the analysts, the case officers, the surveillance guys, the technicians, they are the real deal. They do a very serious and very difficult job. And when you turn around and go, you're just a public servant. They're going to get antsy, yeah. right? Now, I think one of the things they've did, I think personally right now the new DG is a great idea because he's ex-intelligence. He's out of ASC, Signals Directorate, I yes. think. Right? So he's got a defence background. He's got an intelligence background. But also I Telecommunications. Think, telecommunications yep. background, which is very good for what we're focusing on these days. But I think you'll also find that they look after their staff a lot better now. Yeah. Right? So, so do you so- want to go back? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how's the acting thing going? I mean, it's going really well, actually. Oh, I've just picked up a new gear. All right, um, let's not talk about that. No, we won't. Yeah, because I know ASIO would just go, Dave, Frosty, come back. We haven't heard about your latest audition or your girlfriend. <laughs> right? No, they wouldn't. I can tell you right now. We I, need a new newsletter. I don't. Th- yeah. <laughs> okay, you win. That's okay. the line of the, the podcast today. ASIO really went through some massive soul searching. In yeah. fact, it was the classic line of George Brandis, mm. and he said it in Parliament, and I believe he said it at the launch of the Volume 3 of the official history of ASIO, yeah. which isn't really the official history, it's the authorised history. He basically said that, you know, sunlight is the best antiseptic, and the best – it's incredibly demoralising for an organisation, mm. right? Because, yes, if it's penetrated, if there's someone in there and you don't know about it, uh, that's sad. But when you find out about it, there is that sense of betrayal, yeah. that question of why do we bother with anything we've been doing and who else could possibly be in here? It sows doubt. Yeah. It ruins morale. Now, I think what you probably found is with the shift into the new building, the shift towards terrorism and the shift towards cybersecurity and also their recruiting methods, I think they're a lot better at what they do. But, yeah. the But how do you go about, as ASIO, as an organisation, how do you go about, like, repairing that trust with your international counterparts? Yeah. That's a really good question and it's one that I find very difficult to answer because essentially the only way you can do it is you've got to find every mole and remove it. Yeah. It's, you know, it is quite literally a cancer. Because you could e- easily say, okay, look, we've done it, we've removed everyone, but if that mole is working for like America, China, 
that mole will be like, no, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's still, you know, you really have to make sure that you've gone through the place with a fine tooth comb. Put it this way. The interesting thing about this, studying this and researching mm. this is the number A of defectors that told us about it. So the fact is there was a lot of problems yeah. in the Soviet Union, but also the fact that they didn't want to know this guy's identification, this mole's ID. It makes sense. Because they knew they had moles in their yeah, organisation. It makes sense. Right. So the whole thing is everything's penetrated. Everything's porous. It's how well you can actually, how small you can make the holes yeah. in that colander of intelligence. Really, ASIO literally had to turn around and go, we need to fix this. Now, there is the thing, as we mentioned before, the Cook Report. Yep. Now, the Cook Report's never been released, but according to several sources within the organisation that, of course, do not want to be identified, they have essentially said that the names are in there and they have probably already right. been given that retrenchment and sent on their way. And a golden handshake and bye. Well, yeah, the, the pot of gold. I mean, that's, yeah. that is really literally the only way you can really get rid of it. You can, if you arrest them and then you start making – Well, then it makes you look bad because then people are like, well, what else are they screwing up? Well, at one point Paul Keating was ready to actually fold ASIO up. Which is nuts. Well, it, it is nuts unless you find that it's completely, like it's yeah. so ineffective that what's the point of paying for it? Yeah. Because it's an expensive organisation to run. It's yeah. not cheap to run an intelligence organisation. There were attorney generals that were presented with intelligence yeah. that said, oh, don't worry about it, I don't care. Again, so the levels of government and bureaucracy getting inter intertwined with what ASIO does, which is a very difficult job, yeah. and then you throw a mole into that, it's a mess. I'd like to think right now ASIO have got their shit together. They have. And have cleaned up. Well, you're not in it anymore, well, so yeah. I'm pretty sure they've cleaned house. You noticed I left and that's when they started cleaning the place up. Hard to get rid of the smell of me. <laughs> now I've got to think about your smell.